This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. So God had me on a bit of a different path this morning <laughs> as I was actually looking at a number of things. As I talked about yesterday, I came across this unbelievable um, observation, I guess, would be the best way to put it, that apparently in Solomon's wisdom, he saw something that I've never heard talked about or, or anybody um, delve into as these two words in the book of Genesis that are both naked as far as how as they are translated in English, but they're quite different, um, significantly different, actually, in Genesis chapter 2, when it says that they both were naked and they were not ashamed, that's a different kind of naked, apparently. And then when God asked Adam, you know, <laughs> where are you? And, and he said, I was naked, um, so I hid, you know, that, that, that whole line in Genesis chapter 3. And then God came back with, who told you you were naked? And that's a significant question <laughs> on all sorts of levels, because there is this different word for naked than they had used before. And clearly, as I did a deeper study on that this morning, this is where God had me, is it was very much connected um, to the whole general idea. You know, a lot of people say the main theme of the book of Genesis is things are not as they appear. And here, you know, who told you you were naked is something is appearing quite differently than it is. And so, it's fascinating to me that inside of the word naked that is described there the second time um, is that idea of a deception. And as I mentioned yesterday, the beautiful thing that Solomon pointed out is when it says to arouse and awaken, you know, he says that in three different times. He does it in chapter two, verse seven, and then he does it again in the third chapter. I think it's verse six. And then we see it here again in the eighth chapter in the fourth verse. And and he's saying, you know, I charge your daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up. That means to arouse or awaken. And interestingly, the word arouse is the deceived word, um, where the word awaken <laughs> is the is the word that was used for them being naked when they weren't deceived, when you know before the fall. And, and so that's a fascinating observation that obviously <laughs> King. Uh, Solomon was aware of, and it really sets up the next verse, which we'll get into in the next episode, but I kind of got to wrap up these details before I get to that. And so as I was definitely delving into that whole idea of, okay, here we have this nakedness that is deceived versus a nakedness that's not deceived. And, and then the fact that somehow or another that arouses Jesus, right? Because you're going to find out in the next coming verses that that very much uh, gets Jesus's attention. As in other words, he wants to cover you because he is the kinsman redeemer, which is very much in this verse of that we that we talked about, the fourth verse of the eighth chapter, where he said, until, or she said, you know, don't arouse or awaken a love till it delights. Well, that word delight is what the kinsman redeemer has to do in order to redeem um. Ruth, as the case may be, he had to delight in her, and as it describes in 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 actually in Genesis, <laughs> I'm trying to remember where Jacob said he delighted in, in Rachel, and and so that idea was in a marriage if they weren't delighted, they weren't supposed to get married, which is what happened with the whole thing with Boaz, 
And so apparently that as we get naked to some extent, and I think this is by, you know, actually in, in communion with Jesus, explaining the things that have got us that where we need to be covered. Because if you go back to the idea of the kinsman redeemer, what Ruth, I mean, yeah, what Ruth did was she went to the threshing floor, right? And she laid down at Boaz's feet and asked when he awoke, right? At midnight, interestingly, and that that's another whole study all in itself is the fact that that happened at midnight. But I won't go into that right now. But when he awoke at midnight, you know, she said, you know, cover, cover me up. And that's what the kinsman redeemer does. Obviously, Jesus covers us with his love because he is aroused by our uncovering, right? The fact that we, we desperately need him to cover us. And interestingly, that has to do with the deception that we are believing <laughs> ever since the fall, so to speak. And it gets back to the question to me that God asked Adam, you know, in that moment of truth, so to speak where he said, who told you you were essentially not as you appear, <laughs> deceived, who you were naked, right? That you needed to be covered because that's this is what's happened now. Is it, and, and, and really cool when you look deeply into those words, and I studied them a lot this morning, is that before we were deceived, essentially we could see God. We could see Jesus. And when you look at those words and, and, and if somebody wants to, message me in our new uh, Facebook group. I can take you through how that exactly says that, but I'm not going to do it right now. But it actually, when you look at the naked that Adam was and they weren't ashamed, the reason they weren't is they literally could see Jesus. They had, Jesus had them covered, but you know, before the deception. But if you think about it, obviously, you know, they were deceived into believing that God really did not have them covered. And so here comes the rest of the Bible is, is figuring out how to get us covered you know, in Jesus's blood and the story of how good God really is and all that really transpired is, is the fact that he is the kinsman redeemer. And interestingly, I had missed this too, and this was the other detail I wanted to cover today, is that there's another graduation that I had missed. That, 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 you know, when you talk about in the uh, fourth chapter of the Song of Solomon, uh, in the first verse, he, he talks about her eyes, you know, being as doves, and then it says your hair appears like a flock of goats on Mount Gilead. Behind thy veil appears like a flock of goats on Mount Gilead. Well, when you look at that same thing in the sixth chapter, but now she's graduated, she she no longer has the freshly shorn teeth, and we talked about before that her hair was no longer behind the locks. In other words, it was it was wild and free. But the other thing is that it no longer appears on Mount Gilead, but it just appears on Gilead. Well, that word, <laughs> Gilead, is interestingly has the, the same root as the word kinsman redeemer, <laughs> which I find beyond beautiful. Like, wow, look what's happening here. That that and and when you think about the graduation of her hair, by the time we get to the seventh chapter, it's going to be like purple, okay? And and so it really is going to it's going to be even further transformed by the seventh chapter. But by the sixth chapter. We see her graduating from the hair that was behind a lock and also appeared as on Mount Gilead. It was, you know, the idea of a mount has to do with an expression of Gilead, but now it's just plain Gilead. And by being Gilead, it actually is, you know, come under the cover of the Redeemer. And the idea of her hair itself has been redeemed. 
And, and that's really a, a, a beautiful thing. And I, I don't, I didn't want to get to the next verse until we covered this graduation of what's happened here. When we, when we look at the overall thing is we can see that she is coming from the point of deception of not being under the, the blood of Jesus. And part of the reason that that happened was that she aroused him when the time was right and when he was ready to redeem. You know, we came to the threshing floor floor at exactly the right time, right? When, you know, all this idea that was planned by Naomi and Ruth to go to the threshing floor and do this in a certain way, in a prescriptive, you know, in other words, all this had to be right. And that's what happened with Boaz and Ruth. And it's a picture, no doubt, of what Solomon is pointing out here, interestingly, um, you know, years before Christ would be born, of, of how this would take place. And it really is going to play out here. And he did it three times to get our attention to say, okay, look at this word arouse, look at this word awaken, and note the difference, note, excuse me, the similarity between the words that are used for naked, both before the fall and after the fall. And, and you get an idea of why that is so critical that, that we both arouse and awaken <laughs> And, and he puts them in the right order. In other words, at first, we're aroused because we don't know what's going on. But then as, as we truly get awakened, as we really get born again, then we can see and not be ashamed, just like, you know, we can, we can look at our sin and not be ashamed anymore of our sin. And I hope you're like that. I hope you feel that with me. Like when I, when I think back to my addictions to, to pornography and, and different things that happened that, that, that I'd made horrible choices. But because Jesus has me covered, I can talk about those on the radio. I can do all sorts of things. I can talk about them in public and, and, and give the example of how Jesus came for me because it, there's no longer any shame involved in it because it's, he has me covered, right? There's the picture of the kinsman redeemer. And, and what, did, what did Boaz do on the, on the threshing floor that night, right? She, he covered her. And, and it's so spectacular to think that Jesus has your sin covered. And I didn't want to miss that until I kind of, you know, I'm setting up that next <laughs> tomorrow, we've got a Christmas verse coming. I'm telling you, unto us, a child's going to be born. <laughs> and unto us, a son will be given coming tomorrow. In the meantime, you know, we've had five people actually go sign up in my group. I'm excited about that on Facebook. So if you want to talk about these things or interact with us, we would love to have you. Again, it's a Christian Car Guy podcast listeners group on Facebook. Uh, Thanks for listening. 